The reading is from Matthew 8, verses 23 to 27. Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Well, thank you for reading, and thank you for your welcome, James, and very nice to be with you this week and uh, the next few weeks as we look at Matthew together. A few years ago, I was reading an article in The Guardian entitled, Are We Having More Natural Disasters? Uh, it went on to talk about hurricanes and floods and earthquakes. We might, um, might think more recently of the uh, earthquake in Italy last month, or Hurricane Matthew in Haiti. And it, the article said, Watch television a lot. And you'd think the world is lurching from one disaster to another. We're on to say that in one year there were 128 major floods, 121 hurricanes and cyclones, 42 earthquakes and tsunamis. And if you add avalanches, forest fires and locust plagues, then in that one year there were 360 official natural disasters. Well, that's our topic today, a chaotic world. How do we react to disasters like that? I think a very common reaction is to ask why. Why is the world like this and chaotic? And that is a good and a very fair question. But a more personal reaction isn't an, a- an abstract why, but a more personal what, if it happened to me? It's easy to assume we're safe in the UK or we don't have major earthquakes. But the falling tree, the freak accident, it could be our family and friends who never come home. It could be our phone that rings in the middle of the night with the terrible news. How do we react then? Well, we're going to look at this passage in Jesus Christ and see something of an answer to these sorts of questions. Let's start with verse 23. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. Now this is like a, a scene from The Perfect Storm. If you've seen that film, um, George Clooney is a fisherman. He goes fishing. There's a storm. It's a pretty simple plot line, um, but it's got some very terrifying scenes of the enormous power of the sea, waves swamping the boat. And that's the sort of thing we're talking about here. Um, Verse 25, the disciples went and woke Jesus, saying, Lord, save us, we are going to drown. I remember being taken sailing some years ago, uh, my first time. The wind blew, uh, the boat started to lean. I felt, felt 
precariously and dangerously. I, I anxiously leant back the other way. I held a rope, the boat leant further. I leant further the other way. Everyone else in the boat was just chatting very relaxed, seemingly unaware of all I was doing to save us from drowning. My point being, um, I've never been sailing before. I scared easily, and we were fine. But the guys in this story are professional fishermen. They went out on this lake all the time. And their experienced professional opinion was, we're going to drown. Now, let's pause for a moment. Why is the world like this? Some people, of course, see the world as um, random and an accident, a matter of chance, chemical reactions. And so a disaster like this, well, I was going to say it's, um, it's unlucky. You can't even say it's unlucky. It just is. It's just the way it is. In a random world, this sort of thing happens. The problem I have with that is that when there's a sunset and something of beauty in the world, or a moment of love or or, or a moment of meaning and significance, you can't describe it as that. You can only say, it just is. The sunset, if you like, is the same as the storm. It's just the way things turn out in a random world. Personally, I have to say, I find the Bible's explanation of our world much more compelling and much more fitting with the evidence. Um, In a sentence, the Bible says, this is a good world gone wrong. A good world made by God, good, and full of beauty and value and meaning. But as humankind reject God, it goes wrong. And it becomes chaotic. And God himself is involved in that, so that the world becomes chaotic. It's part of him saying, this world isn't right. You're not right. Now, I don't know what you make of that, but it does explain why we find the world so double-edged. The world can be a delight because it was made good. Yet it can be a disaster because it's gone horribly wrong. You get a sunset and a hurricane. But let's carry on with our, with our story. We've got a chaotic world. I want us to see a couple of things. First of all, evidence for the king of creation. The king of creation. Verse 26. Jesus replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves. And it was completely calm. Jesus speaks to the wind and the waves like he's telling off, he rebukes them. It's like he's telling off a, a child. Only I found when my children were young, the words stop it didn't seem to have much effect. Uh, but here Jesus says, stop it, and the wind and the waves really do stop. Imagine what it was like for the disciples. One moment they are terrified, they're in fear of their lives, a huge wave is bearing down on them. Then a voice speaks, and the sea goes flat, and the sun comes out. 
And so they turn from the wave, or, or the X wave, and they look at the person who's just spoken. And they say, verse 27, they were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Well, if you know the, the Bible, the answer is obvious. Psalm 89 says, O Lord God Almighty, who is like you? You rule over the surging sea. When its waves mount up, you still rule. The only one who, control, who can control creation with a word is the one who made it. Only God can do this. Now, of course, some people are cynical about this kind of thing. They talk about David Blaine or uh, Dynamo or various magicians doing their tricks and Jesus' miracles being like that kind of thing. Well, with respect to them, David Blaine, whoever, they didn't go to Haiti or Florida and tell Hurricane Matthew to stop it. And I don't blame them for that. My point being, this is of a different order. This is no clever trick. This is authority over creation itself. This is giving the elements orders. It is evidence here is the king of creation, God himself. But it's not just Jesus showing us who he is. He's also giving us evidence of a restored creation. Creation is out of control. There's a storm. The disciples are about to die. Jesus speaks. The sea goes flat. He rescues them. And for a moment, they enjoy this world as it's meant to be, safe and beautiful and calm. He rescues them from a world gone wrong by putting the world right for a moment. Now, why does he do that? Well, we'll talk about this more next week, but in this part of Matthew, Jesus has been saying, I'm the king, and I've come to bring in God's kingdom, God's perfect world. He's been talking about how he will make a gone-wrong world right again. But he doesn't just talk. He then gives us evidence. I live in, um, in North London, and um, over the last few years, like a lot of London, there's been a lot of building. A lot of flats have gone up. Um, it's always the same pattern. The building site starts, there are cranes, um, there's a mess, there are bricks, there's a lot of mud, you see, a lot of lorries. And, um, and then a sign appears, show home open. And you can, if you want to, walk through the scaffolding and the mud and the bricks and go to this wonderful home. And it's always looking fabulous, um, beautifully lit, it's filled with all sorts of expensive stuff. Um, and he, the point being, here is what it's all going to be like. Look at the show home. This is what the whole block will turn out to be. Well, Jesus has promised that one day he will return and establish his kingdom. He'll put this gone-wrong world right. And then he gives us evidence. 
by giving us, if you like, a show world. The rest of the world is chaotic and messy. But here in the middle of it, he gives us a picture. This is what it's going to be like. This is what I'm going to do. Here is a taste of the future. That one day I will speak and there'll be no earthquakes or hurricanes. There'll be no need for disaster appeals or food parcels. The phone will never ring in the middle of the night and tragic news comes. I will create a world where there is no disaster. The gone wrong world is put right. Sounds too good to be true? Well, here's the evidence. Here's the show world. Here's the demonstration. As he calms the storm. Now, as I finish, um, I've got one last question. Evidence of the king of creation, evidence of the restored creation. What's the evidence in our lives? Do we see faith or fear? Verse 26, he says to the disciples, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? There are the two possibilities for the disciples, faith or fear. And the one they go for will be decided by which is more real to them, the storm or Jesus. They have some faith, they do go to Jesus at least, but at the same time they're very, they're very afraid. In many ways the storm is more real than Jesus is. Jesus calms the storm, he shows them the show world, he gives them evidence, and their faith in him grows. Verse 27, they were amazed, what kind of man is this? Jesus, if you like, gets bigger in their minds. Jesus, the king of creation, gets more real to them. The fear of this world begins to diminish. Now what do we see in our lives? Faith in Jesus or fear of this world? Now as we ask that, we've got to be clear what it is we're trusting Jesus to do. What do I mean by faith in Jesus? This, this passage is not a promise that Jesus will rescue us from all disasters. Um, I imagine, tragically, there were Christians killed in, the, in, in Hurricane Matthew or in the earthquake. Jesus is not promising to rescue us from all disaster today. This is a picture of the future. This is a promise of what he will do one day. So do we trust him for that? What would that look like? Well, when we read about Hurricane Matthew, do we feel just depressed about the relentless horror of this world? Or do we say, this is terrible, but I know one day Jesus, Jesus will speak and all this will end. If our friend, our loved one, our family member is late coming home one night and we think, what's happened to them? We, we begin to worry. 
Is it only black? Do we think my world will just collapse without him? That's the end. Or can we say, horrific though it would be, I know a king who will put all this right one day. If the phone rings in the middle of the night, do we feel nothing but terror? Or do we think, whatever this is, I know one day Jesus will overcome it. In other words, which is more real to us? This creation gone wrong? Or this king of creation who will one day put this creation right? Why don't we pray together? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this story of Jesus giving us a picture of the future picture of his power, a picture of his kingship. Please make us people who have faith in him. May our faith in him grow as we see him controlling your world. And may our fears subside as we grasp onto him. In his name we pray. Amen.